Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of the Sports Frenzy Podcast, The Frenzy. With me, your host, Freddie Aloso, with my co-host, Joey the Eagle. What's going on, Joe? And listen, I just got here watching an intense TBT game. Ohio State's alumni team went ahead and won dollars So, God bless America. Two million bucks. Now, who, who was the sponsor of that team? If I'm not mistaken, it was Evan Turner. He's like their their booster. Gotcha. Now, they divvy it up. I think each player probably gets around like 160, 155 grand. Wow, you are being a big boy on the week. Hello. Hello. It's late, you man. Don't, you Got don't up. believe in water? H2O? Nope. Water sucks. In the words wow. of okay. Bobby Boucher. Yeah, I was thinking of Adam Sandler, too. <laughs> Yeah, so they're actually, it's funny because the past couple years they've passed out like one of those big checks. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like they do yeah, in those a giant, lot of other yeah. events. But leave it to Zell Quick Pay to sponsor the event. And now they're sending it in what looks like a giant ass phone, like a seven foot <laughs> phone on Zell. And it's actually genius. It looks pretty cool. That's funny. I'm over here. I got the uh, the Yankee game going. Um, Why? Like, I get it. You know, you're a Yankee fan. I'm a Yankee fan. But, like, they're playing the Orioles. Yeah. It's Did you really think the Orioles were going to beat them after the Yankees? I think the Yankees have hit, like, 50 home runs against them this year. <laughs> yeah. They, they have the most home runs against the Orioles in the history for a season. I know they said it the other night, and they've they hit three earlier in one inning. So yeah, yeah it's getting, they're putting it, in it, work, it, as they say. Yeah, it's gonna be a smooth sailing for them this series. Yeah, we'll get into that later, though. But what's been going on, man? What's new? What's new? Non-sports related. I had to sp- I had to try and fix my refrigerator today, bro. It's not working out for me. Not so good. Bro, I, I, listen, I followed that YouTube video that I found, that tutorial, to the T. I cleaned out my whole freezer, took all of it out, laid it out on the countertops, only to find out that the screws that are in every tutorial that I've seen are not in my refrigerator. I do not know how to get to the back panel. It's, I would literally have to snap it off. <laughs> So oh, we're gonna we're we're on a wait and see approach. I cleaned some coils back there, you know. Uh-huh. I got back there and scrubbed. So I'm hoping that my refrigerator is cold tomorrow. What about maybe like a a blow dryer? Maybe get some heat going. Try to get rid of some of that ice. I didn't think about that. I could try that. We'll see. Might, works, might, might be something worth a try. Worth a shot. But let's get into this, man. UFC was over the weekend. Not much of a star-studded card. It's kind of one of those filler UFC events between this week and next week. 
So wait a second. Before you get to that, how do you yeah. feel about that? Because I've obviously they're trying to make it more, I guess, mainstream and have it to where there's more events that aren't pay-per-view to to get the fans to watch more. I guess. Right. Um, I kind of liked that it was spread out and maybe yearn to watch the next UFC fight. Kind of like football is only but so many months out of the year. Right. And you're like itching at the neck waiting for it to come back. I feel like now that I have the option to watch the UFC every weekend, I'm like, mm, this weekend, nah, I don't really like the card. Don't worry about it. As opposed to when it was more sporadic as far as the times of the month that they would come out with them where I was like, oh, I haven't seen it in weeks. Like, I got to check. I got to catch this card. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel like it's they've diluted it so much. I get it that they have so many fighters and they have to get X amount of fights a year and whatever contractually. But it's just like, all right, this has one good main event and the rest of the card is kind of blah. It just leaves you like, all right, I'll tune in for the main event when I get the alert from ESPN Plus on my phone that lets me know the main event's going and boom, I'll turn it on. But other than that, Unless it's someone that I have a rooting interest for, I'm not tuning in. I also thought that 3 p.m. start in Newark was kind of weird. It was. Like, I understand if you're doing it out in, like, Singapore, another country, time time zones. I get yeah. it. But to have it at 3 o'clock in Newark, in the middle of my Saturday, I, really, I wasn't really feeling it. The, the one thing that I thought that the reason why they did it at 3 o'clock... Was because because you had Yankees Red Sox at eight. Okay. So my thing but, was okay, they're gonna run this at at three. I think Yankees Red Sox was either five or eight. I think it was a doubleheader that day. So, so I'm the all game for, was eight. I'm all for them running it a little earlier. I just felt like three was a little aggressive. Yeah. Like, I'm cool with not having to stay up till 12. I'm, I sound like I'm bitching right now. I know I sound like... Okay. like it's all right. It's all right. We'll let you go. You don't do it very often, so... We'll, it's really we'll hard for me to make those 1 those, those a.m. main events, dude. It's tough. It's struggling. I struggle. It's struggle city. There's been times where I'll pass out. I'm throwing water on my face. I'm walking around. You know, I don't have a big apartment, but I'm walking around... The little space that I do have from the living room to the kitchen, the living room to the kitchen, trying to get the blood flowing. Because if I lay down in that bed, dude, I can't get to that main event. It's rap city there. Yeah, don't make it. But Lawler and Covington. Covington won. Not a big, you know, he really didn't dominate the fight per se. He he dominated Lawler, Lawler in the aspect that, you know, Lawler... Didn't have much offense. There, he didn't get a lot of big shots off, and Covington kind of did his thing and held him at bay. Uh, I believe it was fifty thirty-five or fifty forty-five on the judges' scorecards. Damn. So he he basically won every round, but it wasn't like, uh, damn, he left Robbie Lawler messed up. It was it was a basically a a wrestler versus um, striker fight. And he kind of dominated that aspect. I think the most exciting part about that card was the... Uh, did you happen to see the post-fight? 
<laughs> I did. Covington got got up there with his fake ass belt. Yeah. Started popping off at the mouth. Yeah. With his ma- really, mega hat on and shit. Yeah. I really hope he gets his ass beat. See now, what's lined up for him is he's gonna get. I think the fight you make now is him and Usman for the belt. Yeah. Now whoever wins there. You got the Cuban Jesus waiting in the background. And the thing with that, him and Covington are boys. So that's going to be an interesting fight. Do they take the fight? That's yet to be seen. Listen, I, I'm, I'm all for, you know, friendships and stuff. But if, if that's your line of work, you, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Throw their hands. Yeah, you you gotta you gotta understand that. At the end of the day, you are still participating in what people are calling a sport. Right. And in a sport, you might have to go up against somebody that you consider a friend. That's just the nature of the business. No, um, they they tell me, Fred, Joe, we're gonna give you two mil a piece. Y'all jump into this octagon and you try to take Bro, each other's heads off. Yo, not we, even a question. We fighting. Two mil, two mil a piece? Two mil a piece. Bro, I'll bare knuckle with you for two mil a piece. <laughs> I'll bare knuckle and I'll make the octagon half the size so that, you know, there, there's there's punches thrown. There's nowhere to run. Oh, so you can't run away in that aspect? Well, listen, let's be honest. You're going to run out of breath from getting up from the from the little bench that they put on there. Oh, wow. That's your, what we're doing. Okay. Okay. They put your mouthpiece up. You're gonna be huffing and puffing, my man. You're gonna be holding on to that cage for dear life. Don't let me get a hold of you, bro. You're gonna be. You're gonna look like you're Squeeze. getting ready for an AARP commercial. Wow. Wow. All right. All right. I see you. And I would be the yo. I would be the best shit talker. I would be so good. You would. I don't know about once I get in the cage, but I'm not worried about that part. <laughs> I'm just talking about the lead up to it. You're trying to Man, sell I'd, that fight. I'd be able to promote the hell out of that fight. It's almost like in basketball when someone crosses someone up really good, but they airball the jump shot. Yeah. So you edit the jump yeah. shot out. Yeah. But you leave the nice crossover. I feel like that's how my MMA career would go. <laughs> All right. I, I can dig that. Now, other MMA news this week. UFC officially cut ties with Chris Cyborg. She Which means gone. no Nunez and Cyborg 2. No Nunez Part 2. Now, there was another aspect to this. The whole, I don't know if you got to see it, Cyborg's social media page released a video. With yes. Basically kind of altering the words between her and Dana White backstage. It's amazing what some editing will do. Yeah. And then after that video came out, about I think half hour later, Dana White was like, "All right, cool. That's how you want to do it. I'm gonna release the actual video of what happened, and then I'm gonna release you. You go wherever the hell you want. We're out of the cyborg business." So I, because I don't know the timeline in this. Was the apology before he released her or after? After. After he released her. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, you, 
you got to kind of feel like at that point, why even apologize? I guess to save face. But like, are you apologizing because it happened or are you apologizing because you realized, oh man, he wasn't playing? Yeah. Now the now the word around town is the the person in charge of her social media is her husband. Cyborg's very nice person, but he's Listen, very difficult to deal this with. This is why this is why I'm adamant that you do not mix your significant other in business because he definitely took whatever Dana White and Cyborg had and took it personally. Yeah. Way more personally than someone who's just a hired helper would have. Also, I have a feeling that if she had someone other than, and again, this is under the assumption that her husband is the one who runs the accounts. You're telling me she is, he is, so I'm just going to go with that. Right. But you have to think if it was somebody that was, wasn't her husband, they'd run it by her, show her the edited version and say yeah. is it cool if i run with this whereas not just put I'm it not, out yeah i'm i'm not there i don't know whether her husband did run it by her or not but it's safe to say that he probably has the authority to just say nah i like this video i'm just gonna put it out it, yeah. so i got a question for you i feel mm -hmm. like i've asked you more questions in the past like 10 minutes than i ever have but so I see when these when the male fighters when they get released or or they're like Mighty Mouse and they go and fight in another in another venue is there a venue like that for women's fighters like one that's as popular Yeah she she can go the the word the word going around is she will have offers from Bellator um PFL yeah, I saw that one. Ryzen and one championship. Those are the, the big four that are coming after her. Now, do they have the type of women... Again, I'm, I'm not too well-versed in this, but do they have the type of women fighters that are going to be able to give her a run for her money? Like, I know, I know for at least the male side, you can find pretty good fighters across all the four main platforms. But I don't know if that's the same with women. Yeah. Um, with women in that weight division, there's not much out there. UFC has the top in Amanda Nunes. Because um, I know. The fight know to the make the fight to make for her would be Kayla Harrison. And they've been talking about that. Kayla actually came out and said that she would beat Cyborg's ass. If she came to PFL. Well, that's the type of attitude you got to come in with. But yeah. I'll tell you one thing. Cyborg from her last fight, she she pretty much showed that she can take an L and bounce back. There's some people that once they lose, especially in a sport like fighting where your mentality, it's kind of, you're, you've seen it. It's your make or break. That's really the only difference between fighters that come out. They win 10 straight fights, and then they go on a five-fight losing streak, and you never hear from them again. It's not like Space right. Jam where they touch the basketball and their skills got <laughs> taken from them. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what it is about fighting, but when you get your ass beat and, and you don't have the mental fortitude to pop back up, bro, your career goes spiraling out of control. Big time. 
unlike any other sport I've ever seen. Like you see baseball pitchers lose a game, bounce back, basketball players, you know, golfers. In that fight game, dude, that just shows you how much of a mental edge you need to just even get in the ring or an octagon is the fact that these people's careers are, are like most of them roller coasters. For sure. I completely agree with you. Now, the thing that would that I would suggest for Kayla Harrison She's a judo champ. We've never really seen her have to throw hands with somebody. And Cyborg throws them hands. Cyborg throws them hands. And another thing that Cyborg does well is she prevents those takedowns. Yes. She is one strong-ass woman. Yeah. You saw it in her last fight. That girl was trying to clinch up with her, and she was like, nah, boo-boo, you're going to take this ass whooping. Now, Kayla Harrison reminds me a lot of Ronda Rousey. We all remember Ronda with, she could clinch with you, she could take you down, it was over. But the minute Ronda got punched in the face, she didn't like it. And once she got knocked out, like you said, you don't have that mental stability, fortitude, it's spiraling. And once it started spiraling for Ronda, it was a wrap. Yeah, and you saw how that played out. Now she's no longer in the UFC at all. So it'll be interesting to see what happens to Cyborg. Um, I, like you you said, that, that fight that you brought up, um, I think would be an interesting fight to see. Yeah. Now, segueing Yankees and Mets right now. Two very hot teams. Mets are on... An incredible win streak. They're above 500 for the first time since May, I think. They've also been playing subpar teams in the Marlins. And I forget the other team that they were playing. Do you think this is just a product of the teams they're playing? Or can they really be legit against you know, start competition in the Dodgers and, you know, Cardinals, teams like that. It's funny because ESPN is actually just uh, playing something on the Mets and they're playing Miami. Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the Mets, I feel like they've, like, we, we've covered this before, right? They do this, they've done this the last three or four years. They go, they get completely out of the race. And then just in the nick of time, they start heating up. And you just you feel for those fans because it fills them with this false sense of hope for the next year. If I have to hear a Mets fan this offseason say, but wait till next year, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go crazy. And they do, have, they do have some players like, you know, like Pete Alonzo that if I'm a Mets fan, I'm super excited to see. And, and right. he's going to be one hell of a player for you. For years on on end, knowing the Mets, he'll you know he'll be out of there in two or three years on another team. But that's besides the point. Um, yeah. I think it's I think it's a combination of both, right? Like they aren't playing the best team, so they're able to stack on these win, wins. But at the end of the day, it's the MLB, so you do have to give them credit for going in and actually pulling out these wins. Right. I also feel like for the young players that they're relying upon, it's different when you don't have that pressure. You know, when you're not in the pennant race, everyone kind of turns that 
turns that page on your season. So now you can just go out there and play. Right. You, you don't really have to worry about looking over your shoulder. Um, and now that the trade deadline is over with, I'm sure there's players in that organization that say, hey, you know, we were supposed to be sellers and we ended up being buyers. I'm sure that boosted the morale in the locker room, getting Stroman. Yeah. Um, so we'll see, man. I don't see them making it into the playoffs. I don't. I, I got a feeling they're going to fall just short. Yeah. Which, again, will leave them in the same position. Yankee fans clamoring. I mean, excuse me, Yankee fans. Mets fans clamoring that next year is going to be their year. The thing that sucks and is scary about that is this this year their pitching has been relatively healthy. Yeah. So now it'll be interesting to see what excuses they uh, they come up with what for next year. But. Right. I agree with you. And then the Yankees, Yanks are red hot. They come off of a, a four-game sweep of Boston. At Yankee Stadium, after Boston took three or four from us up in Boston. And now their next 11 games are between Toronto and Baltimore. So, I expect this win streak to continue and a lot more Yankee dominance, a lot of home runs. And it's not the the usual suspects. It's not the judges and Didi's. It's Talkman and Valera and Urchella. These rookies that, given the opportunity, are stepping up and taking care of business. Yeah, at this point in the season, they just got to hope that they can get healthy. Yeah. I know it's a cool story. Like you said, I'm not going to rattle off the players again because you just rattled them off. But, you know... It's nice that they're doing what they're doing, but at the end of the day, you want to see a healthy Yankees team with all their horses going into the postseason. You couple that with the fact that they didn't make any moves at the All-Star break, so their pitching isn't going to get any better. Now, you can hope that you know the Paxtons and the Haps and CeCe, once he gets his knee right, um, can step it up and deliver, and deliver ace-like stuff during the playoffs, but let's be honest, it's probably not going to happen, right? They're probably going to, best case scenario, three runs. Their ERA sitting around three. I think the Yankees will take that. So I'm really interested to see if these bats cool down once it becomes playoff time. Once you've got a three-man rotation, you know, now now with Granky in tow in Houston – if they're going to be able to touch up these pitchers the way they're touching them up in the regular season, because that was kind of that was kind of their uh, mo last year, you know, hitting a whole bunch of home runs. The only thing I will say is, with players like DJ Lemayhew, and um, they're doing a good job of putting the ball in play. So I feel like in the playoffs that'll 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 come up big for them. Yeah. They'll be able to put put more pressure on pitching staffs rather than just relying on launching the ball into the stands. Let's hope, man. Now let's transition over to the NBA. Not a whole lot on the NBA front. One of the big things was Draymond getting his extension, getting the bag, as they say. Uh, $100 million extension he got. Between him and Clay and Steph... That's their salary cap right there. You got to start filling in 
the rest of that roster after those three max players. I mean, and you got to take into account D'Lo. Yeah, that's true. So it'll be interesting to see what they what they end up doing. I know this year with Clay being out, um, most people are counting them out, and they're obviously not going to be the same team after they lose. After they lose, they already lost Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. If he plays at all, will be later on in the season, probably closer to the postseason than anything else. I just. I don't want to count them out because I feel like that'd be doing like a disservice to them. People kind of forget the type of team they were. I know they had a lot of depth, and again, they had a healthy Clay Thompson, but they're not scrubs neither. Yeah. People, I know the West yeah, has gotten top ten players in the NBA. Yeah. So I know, I know the West has gotten a little, not even a little, a lot stronger with 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 some of the movements. Like you got Kawhi Leonard and. Anthony Davis, while he stayed in the West, is on the Lakers now. So I can understand why they're not the favorites in the West. But I do think this is going to be a big season for players like Curry, like Draymond, to remind people, you know, we were pretty nice before KD joined. Like, he was icing on the cake, but we already were, were winning 72 games. Yeah, we won a championship before we got Now, the only thing I think that will stop a type of – run like that from from happening is um if the warriors sort of limit the minutes curry's playing cuz i you have to wonder if going into this season i know you never want to tell your players that you think it's a wash or you don't think you're going to win a championship this year but you know all that all that grind and and wear and tear that they've had going to all these finals and winning championships i mean it adds up, right? It takes a toll on your body. You started seeing it in the playoffs. Exactly. So you have to think that they might be in a spot now where they're like, all right, do we really – like Curry, does he really need to prove that he's the best shooter in the world? Everyone knows that. Yeah. I think he's forgotten about – because there was a time there where people were trying to put him as the best player in basketball. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, you know, he's not even mentioned in the top five anymore. So I know there's probably – a part of him that wants to go out there and say, nah, I'm still going to light you up, like, just to remind you of how good I am. Yeah. Just to give you a reminder. But I'd, I'm interested to see if the if the uh, Warriors, rather, allow him to do that, or they say, listen, man, this year, we're going to put you on a little bit of a, of a restriction as far as minutes go, just so your body can recoup. I mean, there's no way he's not feeling it with how fast of a turnaround it goes from the finals to the preseason to the regular season. Very similar to what LeBron did towards the end of last year, where he got injured. No, I mean, I think, I think LeBron definitely got injured. The only, and I, I say only, like it's not a big difference. The only thing though that I think Curry has going for him is the fact that he is, he obviously plays a way different game than LeBron. Like right. LeBron is a is a locomotive. He's searching for contact. Not to say Curry doesn't take a beating because when he drives to the basket, they throw him around like a rag doll. But the fact that he can rely on his jump shots so much, his body probably doesn't feel as beat up as a player like LeBron who barrels into the lane countless number of times a game, who's constantly getting fouled going to the basket. Um, so I, I have to think that he doesn't feel as bad as LeBron did during those finals runs that he was making with the Heat and then the, back with the Cavs. But, yeah, man – 
anytime you play that much basketball, you got to feel it in your legs. Yeah. He isn't getting any younger. Exactly. Now, we have the World Championships coming up, the FIBA World Championships. Teams USA's C squad is out there right now. They're at UNLV practicing. Pop is the coach. He's out there um, kind of taking these young bucks and showing them, showing them the ropes. Do they have a shot to win it all? It is Team USA. Listen, they're going to win it all. There's no way they don't win it all. But what I will say is I actually think this is this this is good for Team USA because you're at a you're at a point now where LeBron's been on the past couple USA teams. Um, you had Dwayne Wade on the past couple USA teams. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot of older or older-ish players that were you know they were running the USA teams that it was their squads and they had the same squad for the past two going on three Olympics. Right. So I think it's nice for them to get a look at some of the younger players and it gives them a chance to perform on a bigger stage and, and help with their individual brand. Like everyone knows who LeBron is, but now you're going to get a chance to see a player like De'Aaron Fox, who I was a big fan of coming out of Kentucky, but since he's been in Sacramento, I haven't really been able to catch too many of his full games, so I'm interested to see a player like that. Um, even though they're not sending over their original team, they still have tons of da- talent. I mean, they got Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, Donovan Mitchell. Um, they have a whole bunch of players that are still considered to be top-flight players in the NBA. It just not, it's just not going to be you know, the household names. Which I think is kind of cool. Uh, I'm excited to see, you know, players like a Kemba Walker go out there and, and play with a with a USA jersey on. I think it's going to be a good experience for him and a good experience for his fan base to get a chance to see him perform on a on a stage. And let's be honest, if the top players in the NBA committed or didn't decommit, a lot of these players wouldn't be wouldn't on be the school it, to yeah. begin with. Yeah, so. While I while it's not the the best team that we can send as far as talent wise goes, I think they're still hands and feet above what anyone else is going to bring to the table. And I also think they're going to play with a chip on their shoulder, because there's a lot of people that are like, oh man, all the all the good players, players are opting are out. Going, yeah. So I'm sure, man, they're NBA players, and there's they're they're not just NBA players; they're all stars, dude. Like Donovan Mitchell is about that Kemba life. Walker. Yeah. Kemba Walker is about Kyle that Larry. life. De'Aaron Fox will be an all-star really soon, yeah. you know? Bam Adebayo, they're expecting big things from him in Miami. So I think these players are going to take it like kind of a slap in the face. Like, okay, we're going to go out there and show you that we're not we're not going to lose a step. I also feel like it's cool to see players that have been really good NBA players. I'll give you an example, like Thaddeus Young. Mm-hmm. He's been in the league for years, bro. Yeah. Years. It's not going to be making any all-star team anytime soon. So I think it's cool that they they have players like that who have put in the time and and have really 
you know, found a, a niche for themselves to create lengthy NBA careers, I think it's going to be an awesome opportunity for them to look back and say, yo, man, like I, I played in the NBA and while I was in the NBA was on the was on a was on a USA team, which yeah. is a hell of an accomplishment. That's an awesome feeling. Now, now it's time, bro. Dun, 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 dun. Can I do that? Will I get sued? No, go ahead. Okay. It's your interpretation of the song. You're doing a a cover to it. It's okay. It's YouTube. It's fine. All right. We're going to have to, we're going to have to work something out. Maybe I can do like, I can fix some strobe lights, nice glasses. Get, Get in the mood for it. I feel you. I like where your head's at. NFL. Yeah, man. We are officially week one of preseason. We had the first preseason game last week, the Hall of Fame game. This weekend really sets off everything else. I'm excited, man. We got our fantasy football challenge coming up. Bro, I might have. I'm going to do it. And I still think we're going to smoke them. So let me let me try that again. All right. We're still going to smoke them. But I might have signed up for too many leagues. I think I'm in like five. And I know for some people, some people do, you know, seven, eight, nine. But I really get addicted to that crap. Like, I'd be sitting there and trying to pick up players. I wake up you know, voluntarily. I don't even have to set an alarm. Do you know my dumbass wakes up when the trade waiver wire is at 4 a.m.? Yes, I believe it. You? Yes, 100%. You're no, the person I, who plays Madden until the year 2035 when none of listen, your players are in the league. It doesn't matter anymore. that I have Carson Wentz Jr. on the Eagles right now. That's all behind us. We're in a new season. Um, currently, all Madden's been pissing me off. I think I'm 2-2. Two and two. It's it's not looking good for the first season. But I'm going to get it back on track. Anyway, yeah, man, fantasy football, I'm addicted to it. I really like if I could take it and strap it into my veins, I would. I just love it. I don't know why. Just a slow drip all year round. Yeah, exactly. And and I've grown a lot because originally when I did fantasy football, all I drafted was Eagles players. Like I, I would look at my roster and be like, oh man, how'd that happen? I have seven of them. <laughs> and 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 since then, I've uh, I've matured. And you matured. I, I see. You. Yeah, you're out of the year. Homer stage. Yeah, I mean, it'll still, put it this way, if I have them, like, on even playing fields, I will lean to my Eagles bias. Or, likewise, if I have them on even playing fields, it's really hard for me to take a player in my division. I can see that. It hurts my, like, to my soul right here. Kills me. But I've gotten better at it. So, yeah, I wake up at 4 a.m., and I turn, I roll over like clockwork to see if my, my, my uh, waiver, waiver my right pickups there. came through. Now, injuries are happening galore throughout the NFL. Um, from the Cowboys, he got injured today. Um, Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. He and I'll give be you back. a pass. He's been in Miami for a long time, or was in Miami was for a long Miami, time. Yeah. Now, Yo, him, him and Wake are both gone now, right? I'm sorry? Him and Wake are both gone from Miami now. Yeah, I mean, there's only so so many years you want to spend in that good weather. You actually want to be playing in a football team that's competitive. Yeah. 
Um, and I just saw Vita Vea is going for an MRI for something. I didn't catch it. It was on the bottom of the ticket real quick. So this is, this is, this is the love-hate relationship I have with football. I think the week after the draft is the most excited I am about my team because you know that everyone's healthy. Yeah. Or you, like, outside of ex- injuries that extended into last season, everybody's healthy. You got this grandiose vision of how good you guys are going to be. And grandiose, wow. All right. You like my vernacular? I do. Bro. I do like your vernacular. I feel. I got, like... a, I got a job promotion. I'm speaking more intelligent now. You got to get up. With I don't game. know if it's a real word, grandiosis, but all right, go ahead. Google it. Don't ask me how to spell it, but <laughs> I'm telling you it's a word. So, damn, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. So preseason starts, bro, and people just start getting injured. And I'm the type, I overreact over every injury, right? Like, my six-string defensive end tears his ACL. And I'm like, oh, no, not him. What are we going to do? What, what are we going to do without his five snaps on game day? But <laughs> I be, I don't know, man. I'm just – I feel bad for these guys, so, especially a player player that's been, like, on the practice squad for two years and then people are chirping about how he's going to make the, the regular season roster and you're pulling for him and then he goes and he tears his ACL or, or you know – You've got A.J. Green, who hurts his foot. You've got Antonio Brown, who's got a whole different other foot issue. Now, did know. you see how Listen, he got, how he, how that happened to him? Why it happened? You you said you know why? Yeah. You do know why? Yeah. They, well, they came out yeah. with it and said the reason it happened to his feet that he got that stuff is because he got frostbite on his feet from doing the cryo chambers. And not wearing the appropriate footwear. Wow. So because he didn't put the right footwear, he got frostbite on his feet. And that's why his feet are all messed up right now. Wow. I would have never guessed that. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's innovative, the cryo chamber. You just got to do it the right way, man. Throw some footsie socks, something. I would like to. I would like to try a cryo chamber. Yeah. It'd be a good experience. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely expensive. I, I feel like when I looked at the treatments, I was like, mm, I don't want it that bad. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really like a bougie ice bath. Basically, yeah. But like on steroids, because it's like, what? I think it's really quick, right? Like you don't stay in there for that long. Yeah, you're in there for maybe like a minute or two. Not too long. And, and I can't get over the fact that I really hate the cold. Like... He got frostbite on his feet. That it must be really cold in there. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's, it's cold like in there. minus. Yeah. Yeah, but like I don't know if I'd really, really want to even put my body through that. But anyway, yeah, you. He put a picture up of it. It's pretty gross. Yeah, I heard. He did. You look. You. I did. You're nasty. I you did. did it look. was gross. Like you just couldn't. Take I also anybody. watched Doctor Pimple Popper. So. It skews me out a little bit, but it's one of those. It's like a train wreck. You can't look away. You look away for a second with your hands up, but you're like, oh, I still got to watch this. You know, that's such a first world thing. Like no other country is sitting there watching a show about pimple popping. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty gross. But No, it's not pretty gross. It's disgusting. Yeah. 
it's gross, but it's also like you get hooked into it. I can't see why though. Yeah. What? Watch a couple episodes. Give it a shot. Watch one episode. Yeah, I'll put that right under the list of banging my big toe with a sledgehammer. That's mm. probably That's where it'll fall one. on the to the to do list. Gotcha. It's 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 probably in there. I don't think I watch any weird shows like that. Yeah. I mean, I watch anime sometimes, but like weird like that. Hmm. Hmm. I think tough. you got me there. It's tough. It's tough. But AB's out. I don't know if you also got to see the video from Hard Knocks about his sons asking him, Hey, Dad, where's Roethlisberger? <laughs> he goes, yeah. Roethlisberger's on the Steelers. We don't play with him. My quarterback's Derek Carr. So was this before or after the video of uh, him and Derek Carr's son, Derek Carr's son playing quarterback? And Antonio Brown's son playing wide receiver. I feel like that might have been after. It he was like, "Oh, after. I see what I got to do here is I gotta, yeah. I gotta fix this." You know, he's acting for Roethlisberger, but if I show him Car and that Car got a son around his age, we good money. He's not gonna, yeah. not gonna care about Ben anymore. If you, you guys get a chance, I believe uh, Bleacher Report put it up. It's a pretty funny video. Yeah, that's why you gotta love kids, man. Yeah, man. Now. We got a little inspired by Ryan Clark this week. He put out his top five players in the NFL. That Ryan Clark's a good man. Some you of his remember? stuff is questionable. Never questionable. Some some of his analysis are questionable. We had a, the, we had a brief discussion before years. before we jumped on the air for you guys. Ryan Clark came out and said that the best tight end in the NFL is Zachary. He said Premier. He said Premier, so I'm I, I'm ad-libbing, but Premier saying... You interpreted it as. Yes. In, as you guys remember from some of the late, the previous episodes, I, I stick with, with Travis Kelsey as the best tight end. Listen, bro, but here's the thing, right? Here's what you got to understand. I'm not saying that you're wrong for saying that, or I'm not. But you make it sound like I'm like crazy. Like I see where you could pick Kels. I see where you could put pick Kittle. But mm-hmm. I also see where you could put. You could put Hurts there, just, but you know I gotta go against you. I can't. I can't just give it to you. Well, listen. All I'm saying is, is I've been looking for the Bills tight end on this top five list, and I can't find him. You know what, man? We're not talking about who's the Bills your right tight now. end. I've been. I was thinking about. I was talking to Danny today. It's about that. It's to be determined. Oh, it's a oh, TBD. it's one of those. TBD, yeah. You know, it's it, it's okay when your fourth string is to be determined, a, a nice TBD fourth stringer. But when it's your starters, don't you you kind of want to have those locked down by now? Well, either way, it's a step up from what we've had recently in Charles Clay, who can't catch a nosebleed. Well, I'll tell you what, before you go on, uh-huh. Josh Allen needs to start putting some touches on those passes because my boy be throwing rifles to everybody. He does. He, he needs to just calm it down a little. We know you put, got a very put strong... a little touch. little Michael you, you, Vick. You strong like bull. I ain't not taking that away from you, but if the guy's five yards away from you, try not to throw his head off. <laughs> now, let's get back into this. Ryan Clark's top five was one Aaron Donald, 
two Patty Mahomes, three Khalil Mack, four Aaron Rodgers, and five Julio Jones. My top five is Donald at number one, Khalil Mack at number two, Pat Mahomes at number three, number four, as much as I hate him, you got to respect him, Tom Brady, the ageless wonder, who also signed a two-year extension this week. Yeah, but when I was reading that he could be a, uh, a free agent technically after this year, there's like some stipulations in there. Yeah, it's like an opt-out clause, right? Yeah, but I, I mean, let's face it, he's not soon enough for anybody else. I, I digress. Your fifth was who? My fifth was Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So here's my here's my beef. Here's my dilemma. Mm-hmm. In, in these top five players in the NFL. The NFL, the game in and of itself, is a relied upon by so many different variables. Right. The I offensive feel like line, it's, it's really hard to make a top five list of players. And I think that's why everyone's list is, you know, they have some of the same players, but, like, if you want to just do it solely on talent, right? Because that's what the best five players right. is. I mean, Odell Beckham has to be up there. I mean, if we're just going off talent, yeah. right? Then a player like an Odell Beckham, he belongs there. Talent-wise, there is no talent like him. Right. The problem is, is his position is so reliant upon the quarterback position mm-hmm. that if he's not teamed up with the right guy, obviously his numbers will be affected. So, and then you and then you got to look at it from the point of view where it's really hard to to not put. What did you have? You had one, two, three quarterbacks in your top five, right? Right. How could you not? The quarterback affects the game more than any other player on the field. Right. So. It's true. I I tried to come up with a running back this, or. Listen, and, and but that's my thing. As a pure football talent, the only two as just talent. I'm talk, I'm not taking I'm not taking into account greatness, rings, just talent. Brady's not in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the greatest quarterback ever. But I'm talking about just off of physical football talent. The only two players you could you would have an argument with is Mahomes and Rodgers. But right. the other three players have to be position players. I just feel like the quarterback has such a big impact on the game that if you're going to put the five best players in the list, at the bare minimum, three have to be quarterbacks. You could probably make an argument for five. Yeah. My criteria was who affects their team the most. And that's my point, right? And in all is, of the, the NFL. Which is, I totally understand, but then my argument is, Name me a qu- name me a quarterback that doesn't uh, on a top five team that doesn't affect the game more than you didn't put Julio Jones. You only had two players up there. Then Khalil Mack. Like there's ways as good as Khalil Mack is. There's ways to keep him at bay. Yeah. There's ways to limit his effect on a game with a quarterback. If they're truly one of the elite quarterbacks, with how the rules within the game are constructed, there's really nothing you can do. You just got to sit back and enjoy the show. That's true. That's very true. 
So I almost feel like on one point of just saying, okay, I'm going to give you my top five quarterbacks and then just top five talent-wise talent, talent -wise in the league. And we that's do, when you're going to – We could do that for next week. We could do that for next week. I mean, oh, man. Yeah, give we a, could do that. Give, give a little <laughs> top five list of – you know, we could we could break down our own position. Like it could be top five quarterbacks and then top five skill positions. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like another position that's never going to be up in the top five, but you can make an argument for is like, what about a player like I know Joe Thomas retired or Quentin Nelson now on the Colts? You know, mm -hmm. as just a football like as a football player, he's he's Hall of Fame ready out of college. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He took a t he helped transform a team that couldn't keep Andrew Luck off of his backside. He got sacked the lowest amount in the league last year. It's true, man. You you we could even do that. Your top five O linemen, because you got guys like Lane Johnson, uh, Peters, Taylor Lewan, you know, Jason Kels, Jason Kels, like monsters. You know, uh, Smith, and these guys Smith down in in Dallas. Yeah, Tyrone Smith, and these guys are never gonna crack a top five list because as good, like I'm talking about, bro. You, they're dominant. Like you need them. They're yeah. if if you're building a team, you know, outside of having a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, the next thing you're looking for is some Hall of Fame offensive lineman. Yeah, 100%. keep him off of his ass. And you want an offensive lineman that's got a chip on his shoulder that he's ready to fight with everybody. And 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 the thing is, is when you get players that are that are Hall of Fame level, like we were just talking about, Jason Kels, you mm. see some of the plays he makes on the field, man. He does stuff people his size should not do. I know he's undersized as a center, yeah. but just I've seen him run stride for stride with Darren Sproles on a screen play, and I'm like, dude, how what how what the hell do you do with that? When he pulls on some of those plays, it's insane. It's ridiculous. And the fact that he's undersized and still manages to take two or three players out, yeah. and and legally, like with all these holding rules and shit, you would think that it would be impossible. I don't know how he does it. He puts his damn arm out there and he just starts move. He starts moving people. Moving people. Yeah. Yeah. It's man. Crazy. So that's. I know it's it's a, listen. It's a sexy debate. They do it on NFL Network. All the ESPN players come out with their top five. I get it. I'm just saying, for me personally, it's hard because I sit there, and and again, I know you didn't put Julio Jones in your top five, mm -hmm. but the man's a machine. Yeah, he's a monster. There's been games I watch, and I'm like, okay, he just had 260 yards by himself. Yeah. Against yeah. against NFL corners, you know what I'm and saying? Then, I kind of get. But then there's sometimes where he gets neutralized. He does, but again, in football, and I can even use Odell for it, I think Odell leads the league in separation yards for wide receivers. Right. And Eli couldn't get him the ball. Mm -hmm. Yet and still, since he's been in the league, I believe he's second in touchdown receptions or yards, or maybe even both, but I think it was touchdown receptions. Well, so you got to him... Him and Julio last year, they went, what, almost eight games without a touchdown yeah. reception and because not... their quarterbacks couldn't get them the ball in the red zone. 
Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. For me, it's just really, really hard to make a list like that. Like, for basketball, it's easy because there's five players only playing at one time. And, like, there's not as much going. It's much more black and white. Mm-hmm. And players are affecting the game both on offense and defense. You know, and if you're if you're that great of a player, pos- position really won't come into play. Right. So for basketball, it's easy to make a top five list. But... For football, it's damn near impossible. Yeah. But we're going to try to do it. So stay tuned for it. I would I would, I would, give it my best attempt. I can't say that. I'm going to find an e- a way to sneak an eagle somewhere you in this will. list. You know, I I would not be surprised to see Travis Kelsey at the t- or uh, Zach Ertz at the top of the title. So we're doing list. top five for every position? Well, we, we could pick the positions. It's our show, Joe. We could do right. whatever the hell we want. Listen, it's your world. I'm just living it. I, I'm just saying. I, we don't have any producers in our ear. I'm not. I'm not picking a top five fullback list. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, no disrespect no. to fullbacks. We, we just... don't got to go that crazy. Okay. And some positions we could go top three, if we wanted to. Like kickers. Come on, kickers. Bro, kicker. Go ask Chicago how they feel about kickers. <laughs> It's true. Go ask Minnesota how they feel about kickers, man. Kickers get a bad rap. It's like, bro, everyone just dogs on them. But when that game's on the line, they're like, yo, man, you're my best friend. (laughs) Yo, I love you, B. You know, there's only 2.5 million people watching, and you got to kick it between the crossbars. And and I feel bad for kickers. Bro, kicking is such a, a thankless job because, like, everywhere else on the field, People can miss assignments, miss a throw, bounce back, whatever. Bro, your kicker makes a, misses a game-winning kick, you gone. He's gone. You, He's off the team. Unless, unless you built some really good equity up, bro, you hit a you hit a four a four uh, field goal kicking slump. Bye. Ask the, the dude from Florida State. He was money in college. He got to the pro. Yeah. Was it Arroyo? Yeah. A, a, a Goye, a Goyo, Agave, yeah. Goya, one of those. Agave, he's to some tequila. Listen, that's got to be mental, bro. He was like 97. Yeah. He was drafted. He was drafted in the second round. They used you know, their second round pick, the Buccaneers. Second round pick. Damn, see? That's crazy. I never. I got shit. The guy who picked him should be fired. He was probably fired. But Pretty probably. He's got, he's, got a tw- he's got a brother that looks like his twin that kicks at Florida yeah. State. Mm-hmm. Or kicked at Florida State. I forgot which one got into a fight. I think it was his little brother. Yeah, I think it was a younger one. On the Florida State campus. But oh, yeah, man. And speaking of college, the U kicks off 18 days from today, the 6th. So when this episode is up, it will be the 7th. And our U will be 17 days from a kickoff against the Florida Gators. So we, we hope to have our our U insider, Dan Spivey, back on the episode. Hopefully we can get in contact with him and get him back on here to give us a preview of the upcoming season. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for this year for the U. Hopefully they can um they can they can put together a solid season. I would like to see them, you know, at a decent bowl game at least. I wouldn't mind seeing them at, at the pinstripe bowl again, but yeah, give, me a, give me a better effort. Yeah, 
you are bad luck. I'm convinced they got their asses kicked. Really? My fault, not Mark Rick and his offense. I don't know, dude. I was pretty excited when he came from Georgia. I was like, wow, we got, we got somebody, you know, from the U. Had a lot of success up in Georgia, bring some of them recruits down this way, and now Manny Diaz got them WWE in and playing music, so we got to hope that this works out. Yeah. I feel like the U days are back. The U is back on I'm the map. I ain't doing that. Don't, you're not going to fool me. I need to see it. <laughs> Leave it. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, but well. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of The Frenzy. With me and Joe here. We thank you guys. Leave us comments. Uh, rate us on all the... Everywhere you can find us for podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel down below. We thank you guys for listening. And we will catch you guys next week. Peace.